This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Diana Frank is a marketing industry executive with 20 years advising brands from Fortune 50 to startups on how to address their toughest growth challenges. Diana Frank, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> thank you. you Thanks for having me. Show. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to feel welcome on my own show. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes. Welcome to your show. Thank you so much for having me. So we are in very interesting times here in June yeah. of 2011. 2011. Yeah. Look at us. There's wow. two <laughs> this is going to be one really classic episode. June That's 2011. Good. Oh my goodness. Okay. And uh, so everybody seems to be online and I'm yes. old enough. I'll be celebrating birthday number 56 on June 21st. Mm. So Congratulations. I up, thank you. I grew up in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. and there was no internet unless mm-hmm. you went to the colleges and the government agencies. Now everyone's right. got the internet in their pocket. Mm-hmm. And we used to think that leveling the pay- playing field was social media, because back in the 70s and 80s, the people who had the most money got the coolest ads. They could afford right. TV time. They could afford right. classifieds. I don't know how many listeners remember classifieds, but now we have social media. Mm-hmm. And people are trying to figure out the social media game. Facebook wasn't showing your posts to anybody, and now they are. And then you got mm. the algorithms, you got the different social media platforms. And some people just want to pull their hair out. Now, I, I shave my head every morning, so I have no hair to pull out. But how do we navigate? How do we promote our businesses and our brands and our causes mm. in the age of all this noise? Mm. Well, that's a good question, you know. There's a few things going on. There's a few things going on with social media, which is just one one channel of communicating with consumers now that um, the brands that we've worked with, most of the products they sell on shelf are in a retail environment. But in, of course, we've seen such a the, the pandemic itself has pushed a lot of people to move on to an online direct to consumer and e-com strategies. And so we're looking at more holistic programs. Social media is kind of, it's a, it's a great tool for people to be able to explore for brands, especially those emerging brands to be able to just kind of get some visibility and start to get some credibility with an audience in a place where they could afford typically with media advertising, as um, most people would know. Um, the consumer is now starting to struggle a little bit, even with the Facebook algorithms. Those of us that are purchasing any kind of advertising, whether it be Google or LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or, you know, name your platform, are now being outspent by other brands as well. You know, if PepsiCo is buying billions of dollars in ads every year anyways, they're going to they're going to flood the platforms that their audiences are going to be in front of. So the type of work that we do, we, we usually say in order to make, in order to kind of control your brand or um, be able to drive messaging and not let the consumer totally take over of your brand, because you, we want that a little bit. We want consumers or our, our potential customers to love our brand well enough that they're going to start to evangelize on our behalf, so to speak. Uh, but we need to have enough control over it. And so that really focuses on understanding who you're, who you are as a brand. Those people who are in services that might sell insurance versus the type of clients that we have that are more CPG, consumer packaged goods, food and beverage or retail or that type of thing. 
you still have control over the narrative. And we call that brand positioning, where you identify who your target audience is, understand what you really stand for, and then create a language that's going to connect with an audience that's really your audience, rather than a shotgun approach. Um, Shotgun approach is what feels like is happening on social media, but it's actually for the sophisticated marketer, you can dissect and segment your audiences as well. So I, I like social media quite a bit, but I think most brands, most consumers or smaller brands that might not be as sophisticated would be surprised at really where the power is, is um, actually in Google. I, I know that sounds really, really crazy, but because there's so much noise on social media, a lot of that information gets ignored. And really what you want to be doing is making yourself more visible and from a Google search standpoint, meaning a little bit of SEO. And if you're going to spend some money, a little bit of money out in the Google world and kind of establish some presence out there, because that's where people go first when they're searching for anything new. Does that make sense? It, it does make sense. And it's one of the things my coach actually impressed upon me because when I would release a blog, uh, a new podcast episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I would just, you know, take your bio and I put the, the player there and mm-hmm. there you go. And, mm-hmm. and she goes, no, you need to transcribe every episode yeah. you do. Yeah. And so now I've been doing it for about a month now. Mm-hmm. And so when you go to the episode now, it doesn't happen always the same day because depending how long the episode is and how many, right. you know, how, how well the AI gets our conversation, but I right. do put it up there. So now you can read it or right. you can listen to it. Right. And I think that's real powerful because Google, I don't think is at the point now where it can listen to an audio and then transcribe it in real time for right. SEO, but it right. can read really well. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think everyone should transcribe their podcast. I, mm-hmm. I was a denier on this for so long. But now I understand the power because now you're making it really easy for Google yeah. to know what that yeah. audio is all about. Yeah. There's a double benefit with the transcription, by the way. Uh, and a lot of people who don't live with disabilities won't know this, but there's a lot of people who have hearing disabilities that love that transcription. So not only does it work for, um, or even people where English is a second language and you, we might be getting clients from around the world who maybe don't, you know, if business, English is the business, but podcasts are a little bit more informal, like this, like what we're doing right now. We might be using a little bit more casual language that doesn't translate very well. And it gives an opportunity for those people who have hearing disabilities or they don't, or they don't um, read or they don't understand the English language very well to be able to read and get the content as well. So you've got your, you've got your Google search, but then you've got your accessibility component as well. So I'm, I'm a big fan of the transcription component. That's, that's a really good point because if you like what I'm doing mm-hmm. and you speak French or Portuguese mm-hmm. or Spanish, mm-hmm. you can just translate that transcription in your language. Yep. So you're, you're having the ability to reach more. And I could tell you this much, uh, AI has come a long way. Now I don't mm-hmm. use rev.com. I use yeah. otter.ai. And uh-huh. they get about 95, 93% accurate. Mm-hmm. You just have to go through and put the, you know, the parents, mm-hmm. the paragraph breaks in there, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, I did it mainly for SEO, but mm-hmm. now you really made me understand, wow, people who have issues listening or another language is going to benefit from them. So it's a, it's a multiple win scenario. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So that's one thing I'm doing. I'm also writing a long form blog post because mm-hmm. I think 
people who rely on social media scare me. Now I am on Facebook. I am on mm-hmm. LinkedIn, mm-hmm. but we don't own those platforms. Right. Okay. Right. And people don't understand that when I see people go, Oh, I got a URL and it goes to my Facebook page. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't have your website address, go to Facebook or mm-hmm. LinkedIn mm-hmm. or Twitter. You need to have mm-hmm. your own sandbox mm-hmm. on the internet. You agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Because you control the narrative and also, you know, it depends on what's, what's happening out in, uh, from a digital standpoint, sorry, I've got like three thoughts coming through my head at the same time here. Um, From a digital standpoint in the digital universe, you know, SEO and organic search um, for those people that don't know what that is, is like whatever the content is that you put on your website, the web crawlers are looking for information. So when you go and do a search, it's looking for those words, it's looking for those phrases and to help drive traffic to your site. Those are becoming a little less powerful. And there is um, right now the trend is moving towards digital advertising, social advertising a little bit, but it's not quite as valuable as a traditional digital advertising. So when you're thinking of social media as a solution for promoting your product, visibility, promotions, that type of thing, you really need to look at that as one part of your strategy. And, um, the content on your website is also probably more powerful because it will give people the opportunity to learn about you in a far more in-depth way than social media will let you. Social media is really more designed for um, quick bites of thought leadership. You're not getting people who are going to want to invest at minutes and minutes and minutes of time, you know, three to five minutes max. But when they're searching for you um, on whether it's Bing or Google or, you know, go, you know, whatever your platform is that you search, those people, when they come to your site, are going to invest far more time reading your content. So that's really where you should be going and then repurposing that content out. So don't have people going to Facebook, have Facebook definitely driving people to your website, have digital driving to your website. That's where you have the most power to engage with a consumer and get them to decide whether they're a good fit for you or a bad fit. Just as powerful to have somebody say, not my people, right? You don't want to spend days and weeks marketing to somebody who's not a good fit either. So be clear, be tight. You got Facebook? Well, I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook page and I have a Facebook group, both under the name of Mr. Productivity. So if you are into Facebook, if you love Facebook, go look me up on Facebook. Just look for Mr. Productivity. And of course, your own website, you have the most control. I mean, there's no algorithms on my website. I mean, you go there, you can look at whatever you want to look at. I, I think... You know, like I'm known as Mr. Productivity. And mm-hmm. so you go look up Mr. Productivity on Facebook. There's a page and there's a group. Mm-hmm. I just, I've been off of Facebook for three years. I just got back into it because wow. my coach finally convinced me that your prospects are on Facebook. You know, it's like yeah. 2 billion people on there. But I like to get people onto my website because there, right. there's no baby pictures or vacation right. pictures. It's all right. my stuff. And like you said, controlling the narrative is so important because mm-hmm. if you send someone to your Facebook page, yeah, they go to their face page, Facebook page. They may follow it and like it, whatever, engage. Mm-hmm. And then like, now they're mm-hmm. going to go check out their friends' pages. They're going to check out their timeline. Yeah. And they're yeah. never going to go back to your website. Yeah. Yeah, you really want to get them to your website. And not that you do. The, uh, the one thing that is good about Facebook is you can 
you can keep top of mind as long as you're consistent with putting content out there. And I'm not talking about flooding it. You don't need 500 posts a week. But uh, for those people, especially if, especially if, you know, people aren't going to go back to your website over and over and over again, unless they have a need for the content that's there. So they'll come and visit you. They'll do their investigation. They might come back a couple of times. This is where Facebook kind of brings you back top of mind. Oh, there's a new, new piece of article. They see you and, oh, this is a topic that I'm interested in. Oh, this is a podcast I'm interested in. Oh, they're having a sale or it, those are those bite-sized moments that drive people back to your website. And that's really the tool. That's what advertising's tool is in that in, and, um, you know, Facebook is part advertising, part PR. And, but at the end of the day, we want people to convert. We want them to click on the link and go back to your website. The more time they come back to your website, the more probable you're going to get business for, from them. And because people are on Facebook every day, you have the opportunity to be in front of them on a more regular basis than relying on them coming back to your website every single time. Does that make sense? It it does make sense. And one of the things I do because I have a page and I have the group Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. you can schedule posts. So I went out and I scheduled posts on my page all the way to the end of June. Now that I didn't just like put crap on there. I mean, I literally thought about every piece of content. Of course, every day I have a new podcast episode. So that goes on there. My Mm -hmm. group, I did the same thing, but here's the thing. I did, do not duplicate the content from the group and the page. So I will go live on my page and mm-hmm. I will go live on my group, not replays. I mm-hmm. want it to be you know, unique. And I mm-hmm. see a lot of people, they'll post something on their profile, their page and the group, the same thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. then why should I be a member of your group and your page if you're going to post mm-hmm. the same content? So mm-hmm. I would encourage people to think that through. Cause you can schedule. So what I do is I carve out four hours, you know, once every couple, two, three weeks. And I sit there mm-hmm. and I'll go and create a whole bunch of um, quote cards or posts mm-hmm. and Canva, or whatever. And I'll mm-hmm. just schedule them. And so if I get really busy, I know that content is going to keep on posting the link uh, to Facebook. Right. I think that's one of the problems with LinkedIn. LinkedIn, you have to use a third party app. Facebook yeah. has got that down. The publishing tools on Facebook yeah. are bar none. They're, they're, they're the number one out there. Yeah, LinkedIn is a little bit of a different type of tool. I think they're doing, they're trying to do a good job of keeping that platform to be business related. And if we can schedule too far out in advance, I think then it becomes a little bit more like Facebook and you have redundancy of platforms. So I think while it's, while it's challenging, I think that they've done a good job managing that. I myself would like to be able to schedule out in advance, but I do use a third party plugin for my scheduling and, and that helps quite a bit. Um, there are some things you can't do even through that third party, but there is some, there are some strategies, Mark, where they talk about, uh, some, there are some social strategies where publishing the same information in different, um, Facebook, sorry, different groups, different Facebook channels, et cetera, um, is not necessarily a bad idea. Kind of advertising 101 is you need to see a message X number of times before it mm-hmm. becomes sticky. So depending on what it is that you're doing, if it's purely content, maybe you don't want to duplicate unless you're happening to be like, oh, it's a down week and I'm not going to publish anything new this week. You might then just um, plug your feed with some best ofs or what have you, some promotions that week. And you can duplicate amongst the groups. You also will know that 
Um, some people will maybe only join one of your Facebook pages or one of your groups. They might not yeah. be on all three. So for them, it's not redundant. And then for those that are on all three, well, then they get to see that message three or four times. Maybe not a bad thing. I don't know. Um, I think it just depends on which camp that you're in. I've seen it done both ways and successful both ways. What I do is I, I sometimes I just change the graphic. Even if I change yep. the color yep. or the font size, yep, so it absolutely. looks a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But w- one thing I want to say, I love LinkedIn. I love what they're yeah. doing. But the yeah. biggest problem I see with LinkedIn mm-hmm. is the ability to go live. Now, we yeah. this is June 2021. Yes. And I can go live on Facebook on yep. my phone. I don't have yeah. Instagram or Twitter. I have mm-hmm. to use a third-party app on LinkedIn. And I think mm-hmm. LinkedIn made a huge mistake here. I've talked to a lot of LinkedIn experts. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so if you go to a conference and you meet someone famous, you can't mm-hmm. pull out your iPhone and go live on LinkedIn. And I, I think this is a big problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they chose to make it go third-party and desktop only in a world mm-hmm. of mobile. Mm-hmm. That I've never got an answer for that. And a lot of the mm-hmm. experts on LinkedIn I follow, they're like, it makes no sense to us whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think if they would did that, and hopefully it's coming. I did mm-hmm. the poll about three months ago and I said, do you think LinkedIn's working on a built-in live app? And everybody said, yes, of course, nobody knows. I mean, they did introduce stories, the last mm-hmm. platform to do it. So do you think in your own opinion, as we sit here in June of 2021, do you think that LinkedIn is working on the ability to go live on the app? I don't, I don't know. You know, they generate, I'm looking at what their revenue looks like right now. I always want to step back and go, what what's in it for them? Like what's in it for the live feed? If they can make, if they can generate more revenue from the live feed, then yes, it might be kind of a pay to play type of plugin or a, um, a part of like a premium subscription. You can have that type of thing. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say, I don't know. That's probably above my pay grade to, for, to kind of forecast that type of thing. I'm not sure. That, that That's a very good point. What's in it for them. And, you know, and then you said the P word premium because Facebook, when they went live, they pushed out the 2 billion users. LinkedIn has like 800 million. And it's like, I had to ask for LinkedIn live about seven times before I was blessed with it. Mm. And it's like, it's it's been two years, two and a half years. It's like, everyone should have access to live on the platform now. And that's one thing that frustrates me frustrates me. I love LinkedIn, mm. but they move mm. at a glacier speed mm-hmm. where LinkedIn or Facebook's like, ah, how much is it done? 20% push it out and we'll fix it as it goes along the way. LinkedIn's like, let's, let's uh, one person, get it, fix it. Two people fix it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, that's why I think LinkedIn could crush Facebook, but they're not aggressive. In my opinion, they're not uh-huh. as aggressive uh-huh. as Facebook is. And of course, I don't know what happens behind the scenes. I have no inside yeah, information, right. but from the surface, it looks like Facebook like they're putting Clubhouse out of business because Facebook goes, oh, you want to do audio only? We'll copy right. that. And Twitter copy right. that. Yeah. It just, I think the people who are aggressive are going to yeah. win in the long run than people who are yeah. sitting back. Yeah. Good points. You know, I think, I think there could definitely, LinkedIn could probably add some of those features in there. There's a lot of other things that you can and can't do. It's very funny how you just said that. Like when I look at LinkedIn, they want to make sure that it's right before it goes live. Versus the Facebook approach, which is a little bit more like how Microsoft does it. It's like the 80 for the 20, so to th- so to speak. You know, we're going to get this out there and we'll let the consumers, um, de- you know, test and help us figure out where all the bugs are and then we'll fix it from there. Um, I don't know that I don't know that the LinkedIn audience is going to be as patient with being um, a test, being a test oh, audience. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, good point. Uh, 
you know, uh, so I think you have a different audience, a different need state on LinkedIn. And, and it might be like, I know for me using LinkedIn, if I'm trying a new service or a new feature and it's buggy, I'll be upset because it's my business tool <laughs> versus Facebook, which I just kind of go, yeah, well, it's Facebook. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a little bit of that um, expectation setting. So it, but it, granted now you can get augered down in in that, like you can be overprepared too. And so I think you got to be comfortable taking some risks. Um, and I think LinkedIn, they'll be last to the market, but I suspect that when they do it, it's going to be legit. I get it. You want productivity tips, but your email inbox is, well, out of control. When you follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram Messenger, you'll receive daily bite-sized productivity tips delivered to your phone or desktop for free. Let me help you become more productive, step-by-step, day-by-day. Follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram today. Yeah, I, I wish I could control my feed a little bit more on LinkedIn because mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. was a trend 10 days ago where someone did a poll, like, how did you find this po- this this post? And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, everyone was copying. I'm like, oh, my gosh, please, really? Do we have to copy everyone? Because you scroll right. through and all you see is the same poll over and over again. So I just started reporting and said, look, it seemed too much of this, seen too much of this. And all of a sudden, LinkedIn, right. apparently their algorithm is pretty good because they stopped showing it to me. Um, <laughs> it just, and I don't want to see all that, okay? I get it. The first person to do it, rock star. But yeah. then 700 people, other people do it or yeah. you're connected to it gets kind of annoying. Yep. yep. So my audience is mainly, not all, mainly entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So why don't you give us one of your two, one or two of your biggest tips that we can really build our business? You know, whether it's a, a solo entrepreneur, you know, operation, if we've got two or three people, something mm-hmm. really simple. Cause I'm, I'm a kind of guy, I want people to take action. I don't want them yeah. to say, Oh, it was a great conversation with Diana. I want yeah. them to take action. So what are a couple really simple things that people can do today? Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, I'm assuming that you have got some, your audience is pretty pros. Like these, these aren't people that are, have just woke up this morning and decided to, you know, <laughs> open up a bakery or something. Uh, you probably have people that are pros here. So some of this that I, a couple of the things that I like to say, I feel like are kind of at the basics. And so maybe it's nice to hear it again. But one of the biggest thing that I find with entrepreneurs, when I'm having conversation with um, whether brand new brands or brands that have been around 10 years and really having a hard time lifting off, and talking with these folks, I really want to want to say, be careful of the feedback. Be careful with the feedback that you get about when you're going out and soliciting advice. The biggest thing is you want everybody's advice, but you also want to use your, I say you use your gut as a filter and kind of go, that's a BS fit. That's not going to, that's not going to work for me and be really clear on it. And it's okay to get feedback from somebody that you really admire and trust and, and decide that that's not the right fit for you. So I think trusting your gut is something that the best entrepreneurs had to do, know how to do. And I myself struggle with that too, because I'll be, Oh, you know, so-and-so said this, so I need to do it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's not a good fit. This, no, I, the want, other- I want to interject to you real quickly that the NFL players, NBA players, NHL players, mm. when they go back to camp, they go back to basics. So Tom Brady knows how to right. throw a football. When he goes back right. to training camp, he just throws a football. So right. I think 
it's oh, people don't stop and think the power of going back to the basics. Yeah. Everybody wants the advanced tips, but are you yeah. doing the basic tips? Yeah. The basic yeah. strategies. Yeah. And that's exactly, exactly what you just talked about. So I, I applaud you for, for bringing it up. Yeah. The other thing that I like to do is um, remind people, uh, remind people that they're not trying to sell their product to everybody. And even though they'll say, they'll say, okay, this is my target audience, or this is who my ideal consumer is, or my ideal customer is, they'll put all of that down on paper, and then they'll go to market. And it's almost like they ignore it. It's almost you got to have your playbook almost review it at least once a week. Am I talking to that audience? And be okay with shifting who that audience is. But also, it's totally okay to, mm, I like to use the word alienate people who aren't a good fit. And I mean, I'm not talking about being offensive. I'm just saying if somebody doesn't need your product, you don't like, let's not beg them for their business. That Like, <laughs> you know, um, so I think that is knowing who your customer is or who your um, client is and really sticking to the core of who that person is and not focusing on everybody else, I think is good. It's also really great for marketing and media. I mean, it just makes it so much easier. And then I think the last thing that I always like to say is the, in our world, we use this positioning is know who you are and only communicate who you are and what your exact services are clearly to that customer. Once we start getting tricky and because it's cool or Mm -hmm. you um, see yourself or you identify as a creative person. And so you want something to get really elaborate. If the end person, if you hand it to somebody and they don't know what it means and, and it's really creative, you've lost that prospective client or customer. So be really clear about who you are and communicate it very clearly. And what I mean by who you are is I, you don't sell a widget. Like when we're talking about Mark, Mark, you just said you want people to walk away with something actionable. Your target audience is entrepreneurs. That's very, very clear. You want your guests to be able to provide some feedback for entrepreneurs to move forward. Period. End of day. People who are outside the entrepreneurial hemisphere are probably not going to be interested in these basic 101s. And that's okay. You don't, that's not the right, that's not who you're talking to anyways, but that clarity and the clarity of positioning is really the most powerful thing that businesses can do. And we have businesses of all sizes. And I'm even talking about the multinational brands that sometimes forget what that, about that positioning things. And they just need to be reminded because you get, you get excited about the creative that mm-hmm. everybody does. Everybody gets excited about the creative. And if you're not talking the right audience and you're not saying exactly who you are and what you do, you're a, you are the champion of entrepreneurs. You are not just somebody who's doing a podcast. Like that's who you are. End of story. And know that and communicate it frequently. Wow. Powerful, powerful insights. I will just add this little tidbit. I heard from Marie Forleo. Mm. That you should name your ICA. So when you sit down to create mm-hmm. something, let's say your ICA's name is Sally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, th- is this something Sally needs? Is this something Sally is interested in? Because then you make it real. It's not just like mm-hmm. my avatar or my ideal client. It's Sally. Right. And mm-hmm. I know that and I've, I've dropped the ball on that, but that's a real powerful 
uh, mm-hmm. suggestion to the people mm-hmm. listening. Just mm-hmm. name your ideal client. And then when you mm-hmm. do something with mm-hmm. Bob or Sally or whoever, mm-hmm. will they like it? So mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing your insights. Where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Sure. So I work for a, a brand development firm called Retail Voodoo, and we specialize in food and beverage and wellness brands, um, mostly in the um, in the naturals category, but really um, on the conventional side as well. And you can learn more about our business and the insights that we provide at retail-voodoo.com. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm a very avid LinkedIn user um, and other social media platforms. And I have my own podcast where I interview women in our industry. And if you like the learning kind of Genesis stories or um, industry insights in that space, you can find it at Gooder on um, pretty much every um, podcast platform, G-O-O-D-E-R. Gooder. Now your English teacher will not be happy with that. I know it. (laughs) I know it. I know. Sticky. It's sticky. It is definitely that. (laughs) Diana, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.